Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash NVC and start your free premium 30-day trial today. Nintendo!
Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of April 27th, 2017. I am Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. And coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we're going to talk about games we're playing. We're going to talk about the fiscal results from Nintendo's financial briefing that happened. They basically went over numbers for the year. We're going to tear into some of that, talk about the forecast. And finally, we're going to talk about uh, some questions you submitted through the question block. Joining me this week, Brian Altano. And Pear Schneider. Hey, Jose. How you guys doing? Good, good. Fun fact, to lead off, uh, it was Kirby's 25th anniversary on April 27th, 1992. Um, it did not kill the Game Boy, but Kirby's Dreamland <laughs> was put out for that system. Happy uh, birthday, just, Kirby. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Kirby. Yeah. Hey. Do you guys have a favorite Kirby game? Because yeah. I know we don't give Kirby a lot of love on the show, and it's gotten us some heat. Hmm. The, you're going to call me crazy. I actually really like the Air Ride. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, Crystal shards was was cool. I have yeah. fond m- memories. Like, you know, like I like I like most of them. I'm not a, I'm not a Kirby hater. Yeah, I like I Robobot a lot. Robobot yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Robobot's yeah. great. That Triple was a great Lux, game. I wasn't a fan, but I know a lot of people who liked it. Um, and then there's always Superstar, which will forever be this value pack platform action everything video everything. game. Yeah. What, what it is with the Kirby games, is they're clearly designed for for younger players. I mean, they're designed for everyone, but they they're very easy. So you don't have those highs and lows that you'd get from a Mario game like we all have our favorite Mario level where it's just it was kicking our ass and we're mm-hmm. trying to beat it and we can't right yeah. like and then when you finally overcome that hurdle you feel so good and it's such a memorable moment that yeah. you'll forever remember you don't get those moments in Kirby but all the game mechanics are really clever it's super cute I'm happy it's around but I, uh, I appreciate yeah. the sort of like Metroidvania style stuff that some of them do where you yeah. have to collect certain powers and go back to previous areas because I think that's when the game gets a little bit more difficult like it doesn't scale to sort of young Younger and you know expert players the same way the Mario games do, but I think there's a lot of cool stuff there once you dig in. Yeah, and it makes you feel really That's, cool. Like yeah. I, you can fight uh, Wispy Woods or whatever his name is for like every game a hundred times, but it's still a great leadoff boss fight. Yeah. It's still a cool yeah, moment. They find fun ways to reinvent it. And I will say, um, you should send props uh, to series creator, uh, the guy sort of known for everything Kirby. Uh, you know Masahiro Sakurai, who's on Twitter, Sora Sakurai. Uh, find him, send him a tweet. Uh, congratulations. Because that's a feat, like 25 years of, of a new character. That's fun. All right, so let's lead off then with uh, games we're playing. And we've got a long list to go through. So I oh hope you're, you better buckle up for this. We're going to lead off with Puyo Puyo Tetris, which mm-hmm. Pear has been speaking in tongues to me in the morning. He's like, oh, last night I played Puyo Puyo, and it was so good. <laughs> Tell the people why it's so good. It's Well, first of all, Tetris by itself is good. It's amazing. Right? It's like, yeah. it just, you can't screw it up. And then what? Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. If you, <laughs> Give me an example. Wait, before you let him... I mean, Ubisoft's Tetris was kind of a mess when it launched a couple years ago. There's a lot of ways you can screw up Tetris. Okay. Like the, okay I don't, I don't care. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. There, there are more great Tetris games than there are poor ones. And That's the concept true. still works. Like, you don't have to... You don't actually have to introduce anything new. You start playing Tetris, you like it. And especially when you play two-player or four-player, and this game is four-player, it already works. And you can absolutely do that. You can do versus play with four-player. I'm not a big fan. Like the way the buttons feel as a mm-hmm. D-pad on the on the Switch is not that great, but on a Pro controller it works really really mm-hmm. well. So then they add Puyo, which is Puyo Puyo or Puyo Pop or what was it here? Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, whatever. It's had many yeah. different Kirby's names. Avalanche. Like it, it was localized so many times. It's of course the old Compile was a company uh, game, and Sega um, sells it now in the U.S. And it's like you put four little slime balls together and they pop, and you can do awesome combos. It's, so now you combine those two together. 
together. Which is really cool because yeah. they work independently and there are also modes where they, they speak back and forth. Puyo Puyo, am I saying that right? Yeah, Puyo I'll, Puyo. I'll never not Rolls off the tongue. It's says, always oh, weird. My son says Puyo Puyo. Puyo Puyo. Yeah, chicken chicken. It, it feels like, um, it plays like Dr. Mario if the... If, mm-hmm. Tell him no. What? <laughs> no, Puyo Puyo. My daughter takes care of Don't that. do it. I, yeah. Continue. Yeah. I was going to say, it plays like Dr. Mario if the virus has evolved. <laughs> like, okay. It's okay. kind of like a... Like I don't know a, a worse disease going on yeah. inside the human body, but yeah, I um this is Switch's first, I, I believe like first real sort of puzzle game, right? Not like a game. Yeah, World of Goo, but uh, this one yeah. this one is more kind of classic yeah, like match. Tomorrow Corporation match games are puzzle-ish, but yeah. this is a different style of puzzle game that has yeah. not come. Yeah, the color match, and it's an awesome first puzzle game because it's a, exactly like, uh, you know, like when you play something like Breath of the Wild, it's a game that you can sit in front of your TV for a hundred hours and play. But I think this game is also one of the perfect sort of like pick up and play type of things. And getting into the the Switch UI and starting a game is so fast to begin with. And the cool thing about this game is before you even get into the modes on the home screen there's a main menu option but there's also like a puyo menu there's a tetris thing where you just hit a button and you're immediately playing one of those Instantly. games that's smart like a quick match okay. you just jump yeah. right in so like i love tetris always have you know like i'm a game boy kid right and like to f- be able to like hit a button on my switch and all of a sudden press a and i'm playing tetris yeah. is, is perfect it, it, it's so fast but then the multiplayer modes are really really clever so there's a, a mode where you switch there's a timer where it switches you from Tetris to Puyo and back. Yep. And like basically you want to line up a piece right at the end when the countdown is going to like five, four, three. And then your screen will be minimized on the side and the piece is still dropping. And if it connects and, and, and clears a Tetris or, or a Puyo-like combination, that will count as a combo if you then clear it on the other screen too. So you can kind of set, set things up. And then, of course, you'll drop garbage blocks or extra lines on the players next to you. And the four-player mode is really what it, where it comes to life. Yeah. So you can do one console, four players, even in tabletop mode, tiny screen, you can like squint at it and see the modes. Yeah. You can do a link-up play, local. You can do online. You can it tracks your stats and everything. Um, there are other modes like there's a fusion mode where like the Tetris blocks have the power to squash bubbles. Yeah, and like get past the Puyo uh, uh, bubbles, which is insane. Like because so it's cool. I, when I thought when I heard about this game, first of all, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in this, and then I did, dug into it, and I'm like, I love this. Yeah. But when I thought like this, it's got one mode, another mode, like basically these two games, and the one where you swap between. I'm like, well, that's crazy, but that's really cool. But that fusion mode, yeah. where it's not just Tetris blocks. But there's Puyo shapes in the Tetris field. It like it breaks my brain because it's just like hard blocks squishing jellies. And, and, like, and they they don't mix, right? Like no. you have to use Tetris blocks to to clear a line, but you can block your Puyo blocks with Tetris blocks a- a- accidentally. So it, it really complicates things. Yeah, it has a very late '90s aesthetic to me. Oh, like yeah, it just yeah. feels like this game ripped out of 1998. It feels like a Dreamcast launch game. Yeah. Silly yeah. lines, the best way possible. Super yeah. Japanese. I mean, it's all English voice acting, and it actually has a lot of voice acting in it because it has a story. They mode. say some really weird Which things that like, like they just sound strange everything yeah. sounds a little dirty too yeah. like the things they'll say like you're like what did you like say the, like the block will fall down they'll be like cock yeah like, <laughs> did you sit no <laughs> but it's not or like coming maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they just hate yeah. a lot and by yeah. after a while you become desensitized but the first Sorry, guys. Like, but, but you'll say but you'll start saying it yeah. too cerulean i don't know why why, 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 that, why no. is that a thing but, uh, i don't understand but, it, but it's it's charming it's funny it has this kind of old school um aesthetic and then yeah i mean there's multiplayer a party mode have you played that so evil no, no, no. It, it has little power-ups and when you clear them uh, it creates an effect on the other player so one effect could be lights out and l- just a spotlight 
Oh, that's cool. Or you that's could, dope. or you could curse them with misshapen Tetris blocks. No, I haven't You'll even tried that. Yeah, we played that. That was yeah. that was cruel because you see, like the L-shaped block all of a sudden has an extra block somewhere. So, yeah. like, what happened? I've been playing a lot of the adventure mode, which is like, so first of all, like the fact that we're even talking about all this <laughs> means that these guys did a really good job of taking these two very simple concepts and sort of extrapolating everything you possibly could out of them. Yeah. Like, this is not a bare bones launch title puzzle game. I remember buying a game called Polarium at the DS launch. Do you remember yeah, that game? I remember that. I mean, we've seen launch games and uh, puzzle games are always like kind of hand in hand and they're sort of like half-assed, right? You yeah. get like a couple modes here, a couple modes there. This is really, there's a lot here. So I'm playing Adventure Mode, which has a story which I was like, why does this game have a plot? Like, this is ridiculous. Very wordy. But it's very yeah. smart, and they get, it sort of works as a tutorial slash crash course of how to uh, sort of go, go through how insane this game can get. Um, and then if you get lost in all that, there's a lesson section, which yeah. is like high level, uh, created by some incredibly good Puyo, Puyo and Tetris players who figured out ways to sort of like really break down kind of tutorials of how to how – to, Get better at this game, yep. and it, it feels. I'm gonna fun. spend time there, yeah, and there <laughs> because I'm not, I, I'm not very good yet. I just started. Me neither. We play Tetris. He's fun. No, but I'm really good at Tetris. Yeah. The Puyo rules go. But right you can, my head a little bit. If you never want to play Puyo, you can just play as a Tetris player. Even online, you can play Tetris against Puyo. And I think there's a weak spot there. I do yeah. think I think Puyo is a little stronger, especially like in party mode. There's a a curse where the blocks will drop really fast, and there's a big difference between like four little slime balls and a Tetris shape dropping super fast from the sky. Like, it's a little imbalanced when you play, uh, mm. when you play it asymmetrically. But, okay. but overall, I mean, it's 30 bucks, right? Yeah. Um, so you know it's, it's got to be a full-fledged package to, uh, to impress. And I feel like there's so much in there. Challenge mode, too, we haven't even talked about. It's 30 bucks digitally, but I believe it's 40 physically. Yeah, oh, that's right. So, yeah, and by the way, this is, this is a game to own digitally. because what does that you mean? Just, I sound like a 90s rapper. Yeah. <laughs> You want to just break it out when you're with friends. <laughs> you guys totally lost me on that. No, no, no. Well, yeah, you, no, no, you no, do. Like, this, is, this is a great I wasn't multiplayer game. I born in game. the 90s. Really? I was already old in the 90s. No, you were already old in the 90s. All right. Uh, no, I think this is, this is like the, this is sort of a quintessential puzzle game for this. What, what about challenge mode? Just quickly, like what, what's uh, special about it? You have to fulfill certain things. Like, like daily challenges? The pieces, no, the, no, the pieces like have to, you have to get rid of all the pieces on the screen. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So like a traditional challenge yeah. mode uh, and, yeah. and sort of a puzzle. There's more. There are like lots yeah. of little, little challenges and modes. Sweet. The one thing I'm like not crazy about is you collect coins during regular play and sometimes you'll do a match for like five minutes and you'll collect like 180 coins okay. and other times you do a match for five minutes and you'll collect one coin yeah. and these coins can be brought over to the options menu in a store where you can buy stuff like extra voices which are like a thousand coins and shapes or, or different like skins for, skins for the, the your puyos or your tetrises but none of the skins are really that compelling like there's mm. a retro one for the puyos which is kind of cool but yeah. most of them are just kind of like it's like darker texture. Gaudy. They don't. They don't look that good. Like it yeah. would have been nice to have like a column skin, like the little yeah. crystals or something. Because yeah. I mean, Sega can do that. And it's also like it's it's worth mentioning like Tetris DS is one of the coolest things ever done with the Tetris franchise. Ever. And this game has a lot of cool... It's got some cool art. It's got some cool character designs. It's got some funny voices. I do kind of miss that Nintendo flair that was there. Obviously, you can't get that back, but man, that was cool. And it just fits with the time period of when that game came out. And it's not that it was that associated in terms of that it had been done before. It's just that it made sense for Mario and Link and Metroid. And I almost called it Metroid. Samus Aran, but that character from Metroid? Yeah, I've heard of her. You've heard of her. Um, 
Um, but uh, just running around the screen, I wasn't crazy about some of the side modes, but I was at I least happy to see them be creative. Yep. And I really do wish that someday that thing gets renewed and they do another thing like that, Nintendo it, it, and Tetris together. Again. Yeah, and it felt sort of like a precursor to stuff like NES Remix. Yeah. Or um, I used to love a game called PictoBits. It was a yep. DSi game. So if you're listening to this, though, and you don't have a Switch, reminder, uh, this is out on PS4 as well. Yeah, so yeah. you can totally check it out there uh, if that's uh, if, if you have not gotten a Switch yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. You were going to say something different before I said that. No, no. I was just thinking, I mean, Nintendo has plenty of other pa- puzzle franchises, too, that we haven't seen on the machine. Puzzle League, like, specifically. Puzzle League and yeah. Dr. Mario and, like, back all the way back to, yeah. like, Yoshi's Cookie they and all that. They put Puzzle League and Animal Crossing, remember? With that last that's update, right, it was yeah. a little mini game, But yeah. that, it's Puzzle League, it's about time. But it's weird because with these branded puzzle ideas, is. I, I do want to transition, but before we do, I just feel like the ones that have been constantly rebranded, we've hit a point where like, well, what do you put them with now? And yeah. Puyo Puyo to me just does not sound like an interesting title, but it is one. Right. We're here to tell people yeah. Puyo Puyo Touches is a good one. Well, if you're wondering what to do with the Dr. Mario franchise, we've had Dr. Mario, mm-hmm. Dr. Luigi. Yep. Dr. Wario is available in a WarioWare game. <laughs> Dr. Waluigi has not gotten his license. Dr. Peach. Dr. Peach. Dr. There Peach. we go. There we go. Dr. Peach. That's the one I want. How about Dr. Peach? <laughs> not Nurse Waluigi. All right. Oh, even better. That, yeah. I like that one more. Uh, really quickly, before we transition nurses. to Mario Kart 8, have either of you picked up, because you? Bo- I think you both bought this game, uh, Super Bomberman R. Have you touched it? Yes. Since I, that last update. Yes, Are you going to no. go back? You yeah. have. Yeah. So, um, so here's the thing with Super Bomberman R. Uh, it's 60 frames per second now for mm-hmm. most, most, like uh, roughly about as close as I can get yeah. except um, story mode just battle for mode. story mode yeah. but the resolution has taken a slight hit which is odd because the game looked sort of like a dreamcast game to begin with mm-hmm. um but that's it that 64 game now kinda, yeah but that said i think it's a good trade-off um and the controls have been fixed so okay. they're not like they're not as sticky as they used to be mm-hmm. but the coolest thing about this is in some of the modes the like single players especially the camera angle was locked sometimes at like a three-fourths angle and now with the uh, shoulder buttons you can tilt it uh. which is pretty nice like i don't know why they decided to keep it that way to begin with yep. but i'm glad they fixed it but the most exciting part of it is that konami is bringing free dlc to it with character skins from vic viper uh pyramid head from silent hills and simon belmont or simon bombmont or bell bomb or whatever you want to call it <laughs> belmont, belmont. oh do they have a a no, no, no. I'm, I'm oh, that was, that's such an opportunity. <laughs> so it's free, and it's kind of cool that they're acknowledging some of their classic franchises. Yeah. Um, this is Bom- Super Bomberman R is like one of the best selling Bomberman games. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it just launched on Switch, right place at the right time. So, um, yeah, maybe this will be a thing that grows over time. Is it worth it? I mean, like, I didn't pick up Bomberman at all. I didn't I don't either. think um, it's worth $50. Okay. I do not think. I mean, yeah, even I, with the free DLC, even with the free, no, like, because they added maps, too. They added new maps, too. Yeah. That's right. Um, I don't think, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you love Bomberman, then, of course, it's worth 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you have, like, a bunch of, like, Para might be worth it for you because you have kids and you're looking for multiplayer games like yep. that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, like, borrow a copy at work and see if if it sticks with yeah, that. Yeah, have one. Try it. Yeah, 50 yep. bucks is it's kind of steep for this. That said, like, I don't feel like I got ripped off. It's got a pretty decent single-player mode, like a story mode with some cool boss fights and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think we gave it a 6.5. Which we is, did, which was mostly the content argument of, hey, this didn't justify that price, and yeah. it didn't run great either. I remember Ryan's review. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it seems like it those sounds, things are getting fixed. Yeah, they're, so. they're fixing that stuff, so I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. I didn't have it listed in the notes, sure. but I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, um, for sure. So next is obviously my favorite here uh, so far, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which uh, there's a review on the site now, uh, 9.3. Um, this is everything that Mario Kart 8 had, plus a great, great battle mode, which uh, we're going to get into and talk about, because now we've all finally played it. Yep. Um, and uh, 
I mean, Mario Kart 8 was already a great game to me, and Battle Mode was the thing we constantly argued about. And I remember even when we had those conversations, I'd be like, well, I didn't care about Battle Mode. I feel like it skipped me. Like, I was the one guy in the room who was like, yeah, I didn't really play this a lot. I thought the races were more fun. I was wrong. <laughs> like battle mode, battle mode is really good, especially yeah. the five modes they shipped with, yeah. which were obviously classic balloon battles in there. That one is but bomb blast is top great. Button. It is so much fun to just lob bombs left and right. Uh, there's there's no uh, self damage or friendly yeah. fire, so it's not as frustrating. Coin runners, I'm not a fan of. I, I just don't think it's as exciting. But renegade roundup is a ton of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. but needs a lot of communication. That's the cops and robbers mode, and then you have. Uh, uh, I'm missing one. Shine Thief. Shine, Shine Thief. Thief is just the best game of keep away slash oddball if you play Halo um, that uh, that fits within Mario Kart. Yeah. So I'm really happy with the suite that they rolled out. To, yeah. to me, I mean, a Renegade Roundup's really strong as a team game. Again, suffers from, it's going to suffer a little bit from communication, but, Absolutely. but like when you're playing it, there are enough indicators, right? Like when you get caught by the cops, you put in a jail cell and then the uh, the other robbers basically have to get out. The, the Renegades have to drive over a switch and like it does give give you a good um, visual cue that your friends are calling. You can also shout for help. If yeah. you conk the horn, you're saying, help me! Exactly. So and you so, kind of like get attention. But when you're playing it locally, then it really turns into, get me out, get me out, get me out! <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck. And like when the counter t- uh, goes down and like only one guy is out free, mm-hmm. it gets really, really frantic. And you're cheering on the last person who's trying to get you out. And like that's lost a little bit without voice chat right mm-hmm. now. Hopefully yeah. that game is going to get updated once there's the chat app or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, Absolutely. in the meantime, yeah, we're I, just Skyping each other. I yeah. do think that's a that's an odd miss right now that mm-hmm. that stuff wasn't ready for for the launch of this game. Totally. Um, yep. it's, it just seems strange. Like I think it's coming. I'm sure it'll be there at some point, but it just feels weird that that wasn't there for this. Yeah, and you hope that this game doesn't suffer. But in fairness, uh, and granted, this is these are old analogies and examples. But like we didn't suffer for it. DS didn't suffer for it. 3DS didn't suffer for it. And eight attach rate is pretty much a testament that didn't suffer either. Yeah, right. That said, though, you do want to change that message. You do want to turn it around that uh, a Nintendo game with an online friends list has some actual interaction involved. Because right yeah. now, that is not what you guys are good at or that you provide very well. Uh, it's just very light interaction. Yeah, it goes from uh, a kind of light fun to being about community, being about friends and interaction, close interaction between friends, right? Like, you want to create something that feels like you're getting together with your friends every day. Mm-hmm. And that's just much easier if you can instantly communicate. Otherwise, it's all of us sitting on the main menu saying, I'm using tilt control. I right? did that uh, while we were playing during other that. review, I kept spanning. I'm using total control. lie too. Yeah. Uh, no, you can I wasn't. Lie in this game, yeah, but, um, often. <laughs> but big shout out to Balloon Battle. It's just such an yeah, evergreen. Really cool. yeah. um, it works really well. There's no, you know, like at first I was sad that the old bomb isn't back. You know, when you died in the old Mario Kart Dude, games, I love that in Mario bomb. Kart 64. I love that so much. Yeah, they, they they got rid of that. So nobody, you're not sitting you around not playing. Yeah. You're still you're still playing, right? Like you mm-hmm. get your balloons back. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's so it's so good, and and just booting up the game again, even outside of battle mode, I kept on thinking like, there's no there's no kart racer, there's no action kind of like fun racing game like that that's better. No, it's just nothing on the market. Like down to the way it controls <clears throat> when you're playing like what used to be the DLC levels like Zelda. They replaced all the coins with rupees, you mm-hmm. know? Like, the sound effects are different. Oh, it's like, yeah. There's just so much care in this game. Like, in the F-Zero um, track, you replenish your coins by going That's over the charge Yeah, no, they're, they're very, very conscious smart. of what... Fi- it's, it's almost like Smash uh, Brothers level of detail where, like, they're just very conscious of what makes sense in this stage, how do we 
pay careful respect yeah. to what we've already had. And that's why the day that a, a Metroid level uh, shows up, I, I'm there. Like, I would love that. Not that that's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they are very conscious of that. And I feel like I kept getting a lot of questions, though, and I want to address one of them specifically, where folks were saying, well, is this worth it? If you put in all the time on Wii U and you played this a lot, is battle mode alone worth it? And I would say, well, I would say it's not just battle mode. And if you're only judging it by battle mode, I think that then that, and you feel like you've had your fill of Mario Kart 8, I don't think you need to buy this. But I would say this is not just a great battle mode that you can play with folks anywhere. You can drop a challenge. It is also a great Switch game and a great example of a Switch game. Yep. Something that like, if we're all at the on, on a trip or we're all just sitting around the office, even before this podcast, we can just have a quick race. It untethers it. Yeah, yeah it's so cool. And 8 being in my opinion, a lot better than 7. And 8 being one of the best Mario Kart games it's I think they've fantastic. ever done. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, like, this is one of those games where if anybody gave it a 10, I'd be totally fine with it. Because it's so... <laughs> but I know. No, I know. But I it's know. so... It's yeah. First of all, it has a ton of tracks, and they're not janky mirrored tracks. They're, like, <laughs> all original, all very different, all feel unique with, like, moving elements. On top of that, you have a battle mode with 8 tracks. You have a crap ton of characters. You have all these unlockable, uh, unlockable car parts, all these different rule sets you can do. You can play it online. Like, it's just such a full-featured package. Now, I did, like, when I first booted it up, I'm like, ah, there's that sense of familiarity. Um, why, do I, why do I want to play it if all of the cups are already unlocked? I was right? going to talk about that it's real quick. It's a little wind out of yeah. the sails, but you do unlock, as you play, you do unlock all the car pieces. And then with uh, new characters, like you can play as the Inklings, for yeah. example, right? Like, um, you are unlocking new cars and, and, and you're seeing new stuff yeah. and it does yeah, feel I, fresh. I did find that a little peculiar and I, I was torn on it, right? Because I think it's like part of me was like, this is awesome. Everything's yep. here. And the other part of me was just like, but I think I realized like a part of the reason I love going through all the cups in Mario Kart is to unlock stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can get car parts doing that. But um, all the courses are there. All the characters are there from the jump. So if you've never played Mario Kart 8, Oh my God! I can't even imagine like how like exhilarating and overwhelming it is to open up that game and be like, "There's 40 characters here. There's a hundred, you know." If you didn't have the DLC too, yeah, you that know. too, yeah, that's a great surprise yeah. too. No, and <clears throat> maybe it's also signs of that they need to start rethinking what single player is in Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it is the one area that. I even myself as a fan, I'm not sure how they should approach it because I don't think I've seen it done in a great way. Well, they've tried. Back in the DS version, there was like a story mode that mm -hmm. a single player campaign where you had boss fights and stuff like that. What do you think of that though? And um, be real about that. It's like I'm glad they did it there yeah. because it was that's a, a GBA game, and I didn't know it was have seven other GBAs or four other GBAs sitting next to me. But um, I look at something like um, Diddy Kong Racing, which people put above Mario Kart. I've never been that guy. I understand why people love it. It's just not really my thing comparatively, especially to Mario Kart 64, which is one of my favorites in the series. Yep. Um, that one had a like actually really well sort of thought out approach to single player mm -hmm. in that like there's an open world that felt kind of Mario sixty four ish. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it needs something that kind of elaborate. Might be too much. It yeah, might be too yeah, much. Yeah, F Zero yeah. GX had a cool like remember that like yeah. that. Do you remember mode? that? Like yeah. that was so wacky and, and it was silly. so hard. It was yeah. But like That's I right. would love it if there was some sort of like quest mode in Mario Kart. Like if you if there were like eight items that you didn't have in the beginning and like there'd be like 
like in Zelda, like you beat this cup and you get to a temple and then you get your triple mushroom or whatever, right? Yeah. Like just yeah. to give you like the sense of discovery and, and freshness rather than, you know, like Mario Kart always feels like I know exactly what this game is yeah. about. I'm getting back in and you get a lot of joy out of it, but not the joy of discovery. And Diddy Kong did have that. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't by adding that stuff, you do take away from the just pick up and play like just yeah. jump in and everything is open though. and you can have every every mode open every possibility yeah. and i do think it's a tough balance to to manage i think just because of that because i do think that that i'm i'm like you i feel torn on that we're like okay maybe there could be a better single player here but at the same time if i want to go to someone's desk and just drop a challenge and we want to play the a certain cup we can do that and yeah. it's not like oh well i can only choose from these races or think of if you boot it up one two switch and there's like oh well you must play these games mm-hmm. before you will give you the rest that is annoying that's yeah. a little too much and then yeah. you're just like well no i don't i don't want to play these three i just want to get to ball count where is yeah. it right. you know right. like could i just jump in that well i think it's one tough. two switch was kind of like that actually what? Yeah. Uh, one two switch because you did have to actually get through certain yeah yeah sections to, well that's right what it means yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that about yeah, it. I, I didn't either um no i'm 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 with you on that like the interesting thing is that there is one unlockable character in this game <laughs> gold mario and he's a repaint of yeah, you know yeah. of silver mario gold a regular mario tanuki mario he's the fourth mario oh baby mario i think there's like five mario it's a show off character yeah, like totally. when you're playing online that's yeah, your show the gold off cart parts were the same thing yeah. in eight right you can get the gold uh, glider i think and there was a gold cart and there yeah. were gold wheels and there were just signs that yeah i did everything but it's yep. it's not necessarily a, a platinum trophy I think it just feels a little strange as a Nintendo fan playing a Nintendo game, which are almost always known for like their secrets and unlockables and like sort of like collectibles and stuff like that. There's just a very big collecting aspect to Nintendo games Mm -hmm. and to have everything available from the jump um, took that away from me a little bit. It hasn't stopped my joy. I still love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And you were were kind of down on this going in. Like, do you feel like it it has exceeded or or met or exceeded your expectations now? Um, The battle mode's really cool. Mm -hmm. I think that... uh, it's it's still like a little bit of a it's still a little bit of a head scratcher to be like the fact that we're even answering this question without just saying like declaratively like oh you must buy this game because to somebody who had the version on wii u with all the dlc like it's still a second to be like well like let me ask you like how are you going to play this game like tomorrow i have a cross-country flight and I'm going to bring my Switch in Mario Kart 8. Sure. And I'm going to take those Joy-Cons off, and me and my wife are going to play Mario Kart together. And that's something we couldn't do on the Wii U, because yep. my Wii U didn't work four feet away. Yep. So for me, like that's an edge case, but it works really awesome. Next week, I have another cross-country flight with my with my friend Max Goville. But it's not just and for flights, right? It's great on your TV, too. It's great on my TV, too. But I mean, this is but a scenario where... He already has where, Wii U there. Yeah. yeah. yeah got but, like, Max, Max has a Switch, and he's buying Mario Kart 8 tomorrow, and he, we're going to play... Uh, like over over you know over Wi-Fi or whatever it is with yeah. like connection mm. next week where we each have our own screen and that's like awesome I couldn't do that before and yeah. I used to play Mario Kart on GBA I used to play Mario Kart on 3DS, DS 3DS, yeah, 3DS like yeah. so in that in that way it's really really cool mm-hmm. um, what do you th- I think it depends on what you're going to be using this what do you for? think about the small additions um, we haven't talked about the double item thing right mm-hmm. and it's very different from like double dash where yeah. you can actually tactically control what item you use next yeah. it's basically just 
you hold two items. Yep. It, it makes a difference, I feel like, in battle mode where it's not always just fire and then, and then you know, run again for a thing. Like, you can actually plan a little bit. You go like, ooh, I have, you know, a mushroom and a, and a turtle. And, like, you zoom in and hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it, it adds happens a little bit. happens in races, too. Yeah, like, it where you'll be like, hey, I have this yeah. thing. No, absolutely. But uh, you can switch between them, which no. was a signature double dash thing. It feels like the way I was playing Mario Kart before Mario Kart 8, because in 7, you just use the item and hold it behind you while yep. you pick up something else. Yeah. I don't think it's added a ton, but it is nice to have that back versus the That's way right. Mario Kart 8 did it, which was, hey, you're only holding one item. And I think it was just a way to keep things sort of ba- balanced on their end. Yeah, and I never liked that. Yeah. I always, you know, I always loved that you could have a defensive item and collect another just yeah, in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's nice that that's back. Absolutely. There are a couple of other like their tweaks, obviously like fire hopping is gone, mm-hmm. right? So they yeah. tweaked it a little bit for some of the exploits that were Smart in steering there. is in there. So if you've got kids, confusing. which is, uh, it's a confusing part of the UI for sure, uh, just because it's embedded in the weirdest place it could possibly be. Yeah. But if you've got a kid, if you've ever played Mario Kart with kids, you know that when they fall off the track, it's it's sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like, they, they're, they're like just done. Like, uh, yeah, I got a I'm, friend's nine-year-old. He's always sad. He can't finish a race. My son in Mario Kart friends. 7 because he falls off the track, whereas he'll play this and he's like, thank God. I wanted to talk about this real quick because it's like, it's there's two things about it. Number one, it's it's turned on from the jump without yeah. you even uh, like toggling that. So that's something, if you don't want it, which I, if, you, if you're listening to this show, I'm guessing you've played a Mario Kart game before. You're not going to want it. You probably it's don't want it annoy on. You. Uh, I had it on, didn't realize it, and then jumped into some online matches with Greg Miller mm-hmm. and was like, I felt like someone was like a like possessing my cart. Yeah. Like I went to go take a, a shortcut yeah. and it was just like no and pulled me to the center of the track. It um, needs an update to tell you that it's on in a yeah. clearer way. And if you pause the game, it'll show you that it's on. Yeah, it'll show you. And like you'll see on the back of your cart, there's a little like antenna with a yellow ball Beep. on it, which That's is kind of cute. Target. Um, yeah. Number two, that said, this is not a win button. Like I went on 200 cc with smart steering on, mm-hmm. and because uh, I saw some videos people were putting on YouTube of them just like getting in first place with smart steering on with DCC yeah. without touching the controller, which I think you can do if you're kind of lucky, right? I put it on 200 CC, started the match, put the controller down four times in a row in a Grand Prix, 12th place every single time, dead last in the entire cup. <laughs> and that's like maybe if I had picked it up and hit a few buttons for items, I would have yeah. done a little bit better. But yeah. this is not like you will not automatically win. I'm, I'm, I'm confident they balance it pretty well. I, I try. I mean, look, my, my youngest one was losing. You know, my, my kids are, are 16, 14, 11. And the 11 year old kept on getting smoked yep, yep. in the game. And I said, why don't you turn on the smart steering? And he got so mad. Yeah. Like it was, you know, he felt it was so condescending. Yeah, Nine year olds have no he shame. Do it. They go straight for I'm, the smart steering. I may, I may just secretly turn it on because I think he'll have a better time, honestly. Yeah, because he got I mean, really I, mad. I think I, li- I like this stuff. It falls in line with what they did with um, Super Mario Brother, New yeah. Super Mario 3DS or, or th- uh, 3D World. Yeah, just the just idea like, of keeping younger players yeah. in mind. I mean, like, all right, we want them to get through. No, I completely agree with yeah. you. But I do believe this, this thing will get patched. So it'll be easier to find smart steering and turn yeah. it on or off. <laughs> like, I just think this team cares. I think Nintendo has shown too with Zelda that it's not just a fire and forget. Um, I don't think that'll be the case with Mario Kart either. either even if it's just one patch, it will still be, hey, we're going to fix it. It's confusing, right? Because it's like there's yes. you hit that button and three options come up. And one of them is for smart steering. One of them is for motion control. The one of them is for auto, auto, accelerate. auto accelerate, which is like none of them are very well explained. Yeah. So I was just kind of flicking them on and off to see what worked. I mean, I understood motion control, but mm. like I didn't know what auto accelerate. Yeah, meant. you got to put that more up front. I don't mind that it's on from the start because it's on for the start in like four 
Forza, and that's like a a hardcore racing game. Different, like I don't though. different, but still the same idea of like, hey, we want your first time on the track to be a good time, especially right. when you think yeah. about all the tracks are open from the start, and also if you're playing with one of these smaller Joy-Con. Not the most comfortable way to play this game. I get that. Uh, oh, I was yeah. gonna say, uh, taking off the Joy Cons but not putting the straps on them mm-hmm. and playing sideways like that—it's a cute novelty. It is. When you go to power slide, it's like power sliding with the volume buttons on your phone. Uh-huh. Like it's like it's tough, and it's we made it work. Clicky, and it's it's, cr- it's creaky too. Yeah, it's like creaky you and clicky, feel it very like it, it <laughs> so doesn't. You gotta feel bring right. the straps. I think so. Yeah. 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 No. Br- yeah. Actually, I meant with the straps. So you're saying without it? It's without? Have you tried it without? No, I won't. Oh, yeah, I'll go yeah. near it. Give that a shot because it's just, I mean, just imagine it. Like you're power sliding with these little indented buttons. But um, like I, I think when I, that. when I fly tomorrow, I'm straight up going to bring a Joy-Con grip and a Pro Controller. Okay. I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like we each get our own controller on an airplane. Yeah. That rules. Yeah. Well, I, I think, is I think this go. is a game yeah. if you have a lot of people around you uh, who like Mario Kart, you must buy. I don't. Yeah. I think if you're looking for a single player game, Mario Kart has never been the right answer. Mm-hmm. It isn't. Whereas this, if, you, if you're a Switch owner, I confidently say this is the best Mario Kart game they've made. Actually, we have a question related to the Mario Kart series. Love that game. So good. Yep. All right. Next uh, game we have on our list. Tell me, should I care about Kamiko? Okay. It's a $5 Switch game that showed up on the Japanese eShop, I want to say, a week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. And you own it. I actually imported it. Quote unquote, because I mean, the cool thing about that is I set up a Japanese account on my Switch, which took five minutes. Using a separate email, I started a My Nintendo account with and just in the drop down menu chose Japan as my location. So now yeah. on my Switch menu, I have like Brian and Japanese Brian, and you, you put money in it. So for that, uh, I went to Play Asia and I bought a $10 eShop card, which they emailed me the digital code for instantly. Right away. So no mail, no nothing. There's a way to do it on Amazon JP too, but I'm not sure because mm. you do need, uh, I think, a Japanese address though. And that's where it gets it. a little more cumbersome. Yeah, it gets a little right? more cumbersome, but it's possible and yeah. they'll send you a code as well. I've heard, if that's not true, write in. There's also smaller sites, but watch it. There's markup on that stuff. So like yeah. 6,000 eShop points is next thing you know, it's 6,500. Or yeah. 6800 They try to get some money out of you just for providing. I think my $10 one came out to like $10.50, right? Okay, and I use it to buy a $5 game, so I have like $5 left in Japanese money. But you spent an extra 50 cents. Spent an extra 50 cents. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll be okay. So um, I bought Kamiko, which is a game. Uh, it's sort of a top-down action slash with mild puzzle element game. People are saying it's Zelda-ish. It's not very Zelda-ish, um, aside from the fact that one of the three main characters has a sword. And a um, spin attack. It, a looks, spin attack. it yeah. looks like Link to the Past top-down, kind of like a the little bit. visuals. That's, that's why I thought I, I looked at it a, and wanted to play it. Yeah, but it's got it's some different. cute, chunky pixel art. It got a downgrade visually. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And it's got some like very kind of minimalist. 12-bit. Minimalist, chunky pixel art with some cool, uh, really cool music to it. Three playable characters. The thing about this game is that it's basically five levels, uh, four or five levels. Each one of them is uh, different in theme, but similar in sort of approach. You have to light up four nodes uh, that are sort of scattered all over the world and then uh, walk through that node. It'll bring you to a, through a beam and you fight a boss. Do that four or five times in a row, you fight the main boss, and the game is over. Then you can switch over to one of the other characters, another three characters. They all play slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are speedrunning this game. The game, t- top to bottom, took me about an hour and five minutes, which I feel okay with with a $5 game. Uh, and then I immediately went and started a second playthrough with a different character to see how she controlled. Um, people are beating this game in under 15 minutes. So you, the speedrunners are tearing this thing apart. Oh. If that's something you're interested in, cool. I think it's like it, it's a perfect fit for the Switch. It looks really cute and gorgeous. 
outrageous and fun. Um, and it's it's five bucks, which is you know like and it's out in the U.S. now, right? It's yeah. out in the U.S. now. Um, that said, like there's not a lot to it. It's pretty bare bones. So if that's something you're okay with. If you're looking for something else, I mean, between all the other games we talked about this week, it's not like you're really starving for you're stuff. Not thirsty yeah, for games this week. Yep. Yeah, there's some good stuff going on. Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly, the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. Gamefly lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy them and keep the games as long as you want, which you'll definitely need for a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild. There are no late fees and you can cancel anytime. You can even rent movies. Movies! A premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash NVC. So go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. That's Gamefly.com slash NVC. All right, next on the list, uh, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap, which I've played a little bit of, but this yep. is uh, basically a remake of a Master System game. Uh, it is the third game, I believe, in the Wonder Boy series, uh, and uh, this was made by a French team, which I'm forgetting the developer's name, but it's something clever. But anyway, uh, the idea is it's, it's, a, it's a side-scrolling action platformer-style game, very much in the vein of uh, the closest comparison to Nintendo fan is Zelda 2 or Xanadu or something mm, yes. like from, from, that, from that NES era. Uh, with a new coat of paint that looks incredible. It's very uh, Rain, so, Rayman-ish. You know, yes, like, yeah, yeah, very much UB art uh, looking. Uh, very French, but not overdrawn French art, as mm-hmm. uh, some, sometimes that can happen. Uh, I really enjoy it. Like It's very easy to switch between the visual styles. You can switch only the soundtrack if you want to. Um, it does show, though, that it's an old game, at least in, the, in its design, because mm-hmm. you'll reach a certain point where it's not quite clear what the next thing to do is. Right. And it's very easy to forget, especially if you don't know Wonder Boy. Like, I didn't grow up with Wonder Boy. I did not I don't know anything about it. But I have so far been hooked enough by this game to give it a shot here and there. But I did hit a wall at one point right after you. So you basically get cursed early on in the game. Actually, what's really cool, I want to bring this part up. The beginning of this game is the end of Wonder Boy 2. So when you start this game, you are entering the final battle. And that's a really cool thing when you think about the time period of which this game came out. We're talking about that 80s period where, like, games were still kind of figuring things out things out and uh that was another thing i really enjoyed in like super metroid for example when that game starts and you walk by the smoking hole in the ground that was mother brain that's how you connect with players i love that this game was trying that even then so i think that's really cool um but you you're uh this hero you get cursed and you are turned into what's the first form you get turned into dragon dragon yeah Yeah. and then from there you get cursed again and you're turned into a mouse and then you turn into something else um and there's a larger story to it all but when you see just how much work went into the graphics mm-hmm. it is difficult not to be impressed at the level at which it, uh, and how good it looks now yeah it's got this sort of mario maker style uh, graphic switch button where you just hit yeah. the right Instant. shoulder button and yeah you instantly go from 8-bit to this gorgeous new painterly yes. style that they have now um that said i think jose you completely nailed it like it does have a lot of sort of old tendencies to feel like a a very vintage, very classic game. I have no idea what that noise yeah. was. We'll like just get out. Switch message. Or no, it sounded like when you're in a hospital and a baby's born. No. Like, oh, oh, congratulations. Um, no, so it was, um, it's, it's really cool and it's, it's very clever in a lot of ways. It does, does also feel kind of like a Metroid game without a map. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that sort of Zelda 
to hit mm-hmm. detection, mm-hmm. which when it works feels great, but like when you get bounced around a little bit is very frustrating. You can bounce around more than Zelda 2, too. I, like, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Like, if you get hit by a projectile, you tend to like stay in a stun animation. As long as something's consecutively hitting you, oh. you don't come out of it, which is annoying. Uh, but you do have to go for those very precise Zelda 2 like stabs where, like, when you're fighting the first boss, that's that horse headed thing. Yeah. I don't know what its name is, but you jump up and you have to get that swipe. Um, yeah, I just found myself kind of hitting the wall sometimes a little bit on that one. Yeah, it's very, it's like, it's very interesting game because like, 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 like you said, I, I didn't grow up with Wonder Boy either, so I don't really have nostalgia for the original. If I want to see what that game looked like, I can click a button and it goes from this painterly beautiful art style to this retro eight bit art style. But actually playing it, I was like, I understand why there's a lot of nostalgia towards this game because it is a really special game. The character switching thing is interesting because it. Does doesn't actually let you choose which character you want to be for a while. Mm-hmm. You start the game choosing either a boy or a girl. From there, you get cursed. You become a dragon, <laughs> uh, which is genderless. And then immediately you switch between being like a mouse or a lion oh, yeah. type thing. Um, only later in the game where uh, you're at this sort of central hub, which is the town area at the beginning, do you open up this room that lets you switch between any of those characters on the fly, which you have to do to sort of traverse the world. Again, very Metroid-y. Mm-hmm. But um, before that, you're like, I'm stuck as a mouse, and the mouse isn't that great like his thing is he can climb walls but his sword sucks and the dragon can't jump very high but he can shoot fireballs so you can keep things at a distance yeah yeah. so you're kind of like switching between these characters but not at your own choice boss fights get pretty tough um finding them is kind of a pain and when you die like going all the way back like that's where the uh signs of the old game sort of uh start to appear and for me it's definitely the the telltale sign that uh, with some games, despite how good intention the remakes can be, I do think you need hooks in there to point players in the right directions. Because yeah. sometimes, like games from the 80s, they were just so uh, opaque. Like yeah. you just had no clue sometimes. What do you mean to hit my head against the mountain? Remember that star, that, that Simon's Quest? Oh, like, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was plenty of like lies and deceit in that game. But not to say that happens here, but it's still yeah. very much that you'll talk to some people like, oh, well, you need a priest. Well, where do I find them? guy just looks at you <laughs> yeah like, oh great okay yeah. i'm gonna go look for him yeah it definitely um, has some of that uh the, not a bad game like no I, definitely I, not. I definitely think definitely. We, we agree I, on that. I i i would absolutely recommend it honestly uh, for somebody looking for uh like cool sort of action platformer for their switch right now mm-hmm. um and it's really really pretty like it looks great on tv it looks great in handheld mode mm. the soundtrack's awesome absolutely yeah like, yeah it's a cool game all right, so I'll go rapid fire through this next one because uh, I do want to move on to the the fiscal results and the recap and all that stuff. We've got some numbers here. Uh, I want to talk about Bye Bye Box Boy, which I yeah. have been playing. Um, <laughs> yes, your 3DS is still relevant, uh, or so Nintendo it was wants weird you playing on the 3DS. No, it is. It works. Um, it is. It is. So the Box Boy trilogy is finally complete. I haven't finished it, um, but it is every bit as clever, every bit as smart in terms of design. They added a, a new character. These new uh, little uh, Q babies. I yeah. think it's Quibby. Quibby. I'm yeah. not sure how it's pronounced, but uh, there are stages where you are working with one and it is separated from you. So what you're doing at the top of the stage will affect it on the bottom of the stage. So you're like dropping blocks down so it can go over pitfalls yeah. or you are trying to trigger switches so it can get through, but then you can slip through as well. It's an escort, escort mission, basically. Some and of it, it, and yeah. it builds on some of the things you learned in the previous games and you quickly learn in this one where it's like, you know, you like you create boxes over your head to protect, to protect yourself from a laser. In this one, you got the baby 
baby following you, you go like the baby. Uh, you you have to make a <laughs> you have to make a shield for the baby as well. So it's That's really awesome. clever how it just builds yeah. on the puzzle concept. And the best way it builds is the new boxes that they introduce. So there's a box rocket where you're able to basically any box that you make on that stage has a rocket thruster that after a few seconds will ignite, fire, and send it up to a switch that's f floating above. So you can trigger switches that are above you that way, or you can rise to certain platforms that way. Um, then they have uh, the bomb box, is what they call it. So it's basically Bomberman, right? You mm -hmm. just you put it down, it blows up, and it will uh, sort of work in a cross section, so the diagonals are protected. So you slowly like can basically explode your way to uh, a certain point so that you can clear a puzzle. The third one that I've uncovered, but there are four, uh, is the warp box. This one's crazy because basically you create a string of boxes and the last one is a teleport box. And so when you're done and you put the row down, you will be teleported to that spot oh. as soon as the timer is up. So you see like a yet. and then yep. you pop on that side. So again, you're using it to kind of get through like pitfalls and traps and things like that. Um, I think that's cool. I haven't gotten to the remote box yet. Right. That's the fourth type. Um, I just, I don't know what to expect, but I'm going through it quickly uh, and it, it does a better job, I think, than the first game of, of sort of reinforce, like just getting to the point of an idea. I think they almost expect you to know at this point right. if you played Box Boy. Um, but it is it is every bit a satisfying puzzle game. I'm sure there's a whole section of puzzles I'm going to unlock once I've cleared it, which has been the fun surprise with each of the Box Boy games. It's I mean it's just a very the, the, these games have always been kind of under the radar, super clever puzzle games. They once you start playing, you want to keep on playing. Then there are additional challenges where you may have beaten a level by using you know 12 boxes, and then they go now do it with six, right? <laughs> You're like that's not possible, and then you figure it out. It makes uh. you feel really smart. Mm -hmm. They added some stuff like it has amiibo support now, confirming that cube is in the same universe as Kirby. All oh, of the yeah. amiibo are Kirby based. Well, that's confirming Kirby. that. Uh, totally confirmed. You can on, even change the skin to Kirby for QB. Trying to think of other. Uh, wait, so that means. Uh, never mind. It's, I'm, I'm not even it's Meta this. Knight. Kirby? It's, yeah, all, all of the uh, Kirby characters can be swiped. You just made also, up this fiction by yourself? The, no, it's true. <laughs> Wait till you play Smash Brothers, Pair. It's gonna blow your mind. And you can you can use the Japanese QB. Um, oh, so the, what does it do? Amiibo. What is, what, what? Well, I don't, I don't know because when I swiped it, it says uh, you've already unlocked that feature. So it's like oh. I, I bet it's based on you pre playing the previous games and unlocking all the skins and stuff. Mm -hmm. I got them because I played the previous games. I think the Amiibo will unlock Which that. is neat and also cruel, by the way, because yeah. if you're playing 3 for the first time, like I didn't play much of 2. Like I got a little into it and then stopped for whatever reasons. I'm sure it was very busy when it came out. So all of the outfits from 2 that would unlock are not allowed. I can't wear them. And they just sort of hover there in the shop. And I'm like, I want those. So I yeah. went back. I played mm -hmm. 2. I bought them all because I had enough currency. Oh, nice. Uh, that's what happened. But uh, I, I just feel that's mean. I'm just like, oh, I want yeah, that I outfit. Agree. Or I want that thing. And that um, and I'm not sure if there's a way to unlock it if you just play that one. Um, uh, it, it, it has color game, in it. For it does have time. color it for the little color. It was always black and white. Yeah, I, not much. Just a little. Just a little tinge of red. Yeah, part of me wishes, um, and I'm, I'm, I tweeted about it the weekend that I was playing it and got... Uh, a bunch of anky responses of, well, I want this on Switch. And I, I totally hear that person. 3DS is getting this game because this game came out a year ago in Japan. This is not that someone sure. sat around and it's like, well, should we put it on? I'm sure someone had that discussion. Would it make sense to make a trilogy for Box Boy yeah, and yeah, release it sure. as one thing? For yeah, Switch? For sure. Absolutely would. And we can't recommend that enough. Good you game. still have your 3DS lying around, though. This is uh, a really good game, so don't sleep on Box Bye Bye Box Boy, yeah. as it's called. Alright, let's uh, switch topics then and talk about uh, Nintendo's financial Financial results, which uh, yesterday basically they outed all of their numbers for the last fiscal year. So remember, that means from March of the year prior, uh, or excuse me, April of the year prior to the end of March, this is 
basically their, their them meeting and hitting that forecast for Wii U, which was actually really low. We talked about that. Switch. 3DS, what they talked about for mobile, etc. What they didn't talk about, or what they uh, one sentence mentioned, which we're going to get to. So uh, Switch sales, them overall, the the overall story is profits are up. Switch is off to a good start. Pokemon Sun and Moon crushed on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile is doing okay from what we can tell. Yeah. And uh, the sale of the Mariners, that money came through. So that's also part of why. This year, profits were up. And uh, there was also a bunch of money from the Pokemon company that came through. I don't know the exact figure off the top of my head. I think it was like upwards of $80 million or something. And that's licensing in Pokemon. Uh, I, I think it's partially Go money. But I, I don't have the figure right, so don't quote me on that. If you're sitting there going, no, what's the I'm sorry. I didn't actually bring it in my notes, so I shouldn't mention it. But uh, overall, Switch sales numbers, 2.74 million Switch units sold worldwide. Now, reminder, this is between March 3rd and March 31st. So that's less than a month. A little less than a month, yeah. yeah. It, uh, you know what that tells us? Nothing at this point. I mean, if you look at console launches, each one of them is different, right? Mm-hmm. In the case of the PS4 and the Xbox, you had two consoles launching at the same time, right? Eating into each other. That's the holiday numbers. season. With the Wii U, you had it launch alone in the holiday season with not the strongest game lineup. If you remember Nintendo Land and 2D Mario, like not as big, obviously, as a new Zelda game. Mm-hmm. And this one launched in March. Now, if you compare it to a 3DS launch or a DS launch, it's not as strong, mm-hmm. right? But those also cost half the money. Yeah. Right, like some of them at least. Yeah. Um, so we don't know a lot from this yet. Yeah, yeah. And like when you compare the launch numbers between Wii U, Wii, and now the Switch, the verdict is out. Sure. Right? Yeah. It does show that uh, at least it sold higher than projection because their projection was two million That's and they true. were done. Yeah. So they, they hit that. Um, the attach rate of one hundred percent for Zelda was something none of us thought we'd say. It's hundred. It's, it's, it's hundred than hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get into that. Zelda it's Breath of the Wild. So the uh, 3.84 million total for just Breath of the Wild, but actually on Switch it was 2.76 million, which is 20,000 more uh, than Switch units sold. So there yeah. are 20k extra copies yeah. of Breath of the Wild in the world that either aren't being used, special or editions, yeah, or, yeah, or like were people collected. buy the special well, editions and don't open them, right? Yeah, that, I think that's part of it. I bought the special edition and then I also bought it digitally because the special mm-hmm. edition had a bunch of cool stuff. Um, I think a bunch of people bought Breath of the Wild, and I know for sure because I tweeted about this. And anecdotally people responded saying i bought this game and i still can't find a switch so it's just sitting there waiting and i think these we're looking at these switch sales numbers being like ah pretty strong nintendo no one has seen one on a shelf in a month so it's like this these numbers could have been four million Uh, they've actually actively shipped more um that said i think it's kind of amazing that we've just gone 40 minutes talking about new nintendo games and this is the first time we mentioned breath of the wild yeah remember when we were like this is the only game out there no entire show so far we have not said but, yeah, it does show, yeah, but it does show there's demand. It does show yeah. that people are still excited about the system. And it, the question is, does, do they sustain momentum, which they have a, a, a sort of the, the calendar lineup of games where they're saying, hey, we're going to spread these out. So that's where I feel like the story does look more positive as yep. with the Wii U, right? Like at the launch of a console, you get a lot of diehard fans who buy it. And then the success of the consoles is determined by how many people are buying into the console after that, right? right? Like how big can the install base really get yep. and make it worth for publishers to make games? When the Wii, Wii U came out, it had 
in the first before the end of the year, it came out in November. I had four dozen games for it. Yeah. So not a small lineup of titles either. Not a great lineup. There were of a titles. lot of. There was more yeah. third party support. It was. It was a lot of ports. But there, a lot of but there was people. There was a high number of that. games, and then in the next year, suddenly it was dropped. Right. Like yeah. the biggest game I think was like March Lego City yeah. or something. And like you went almost through to like August or something until you got Pikmin. But Pear, I don't remember so, it as big of a launch though, because there was a lot. There was a tepid reception to Wii U. And it was well, a sure. very easy console to no, find I, when yeah. it came out. And so what I'm yeah. saying is the, the Wii U launched with a lot more software than okay, the Switch. You could actually find Wii U's on store shelves, though. I remember like the launch, uh, like the weekend after the launch, we looked at stores and we're like, they all have Wii U's. That's not yeah. a good sign, yeah. right? The, day the of Switch launch. is gone. And it's every time we post an article saying, hey, Amazon has Switches. Ten minutes later, it's all, all gone. gone. Yeah. Now the Switch, though, the difference and why I feel pretty good about this machine is that not only did we launch with Zelda, we got Mario Kart, Splatoon, and Mario coming within the first year. Yeah. And that is that is as much as the Wii U got in its yeah. entire life. You're still it's hitting life hardcore genres with like Xenoblade yeah. 2 if that's yeah. on schedule, which it better be. Um, I, sorry, had to do that because yeah, you no, lied to right. me before. You lied to me for three years yeah. about the last Xenoblade. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, it's one thing to have tremendous games. It's one thing to have killer apps. I think another thing, like this, the fact that like we're looking at games like Zelda and Mario Kart specifically yeah. are not just games that like can dominate or at least get very high up in an NPD very early on. These are long tail franchises with long legs. If you Mario buy a Kart, Switch next year, you're going to buy Zelda, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think Zelda, Zelda in six months or a year or two is just as appealing as it is today. Games like Skyrim and GTA, Zelda and Mario Kart joined the ranks of those franchises. Mario Kart was in the MPD for a long time. Yep. Mario Kart is one of those games that sticks around once it gets in there. Like it's one of the best selling Wii U games. It was one, it was probably, I think it was the best selling Wii game. Was it up there? Yeah, 34 million. Yeah, so 34 yeah, upward million. Upward of 34 yeah. million. Um, and you look at that and you look at the attach rate that I think we're seeing with the Switch. Uh, this has potential to reach, I believe, uh, maybe not necessarily DS or Wii numbers, but I think it'll do 3DS numbers. If it does somewhere between 3DS and, and Wii numbers, mm-hmm. like you're looking at a hit here. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're already running into the issue that I think many of us predicted before the launch is that game announcements are hitting now, right? We're getting stuff like Prey and Battlefront Call of Duty, 2, World War Call II. of Duty yeah. and uh, Red Dead. None of them are coming to Switch, mm-hmm. but maybe Switch will find success with a lot of these smaller games. The fact that we spent 30 minutes talking about things like Puyo Puyo and Wonder Boy and Kamiko and games that are like, they're not going to be million sellers, but like they build a library and they build up this sort of like treasure of I open up my Switch, I've suddenly got 40 different games to choose from. Well, and that's a good point, but it is going to be a shame if, and this is going to happen, I think, at least until Mario, if most of year one passes and there are is not another big game or two, and granted, maybe I'm I'm being a little hyperbolic here because Xenoblade is a massive game, for example, yeah. and that's games yeah. on time, and I'm believing it but is not a crowd pleaser. It's not a main. No, no, no. But I'm talking success. more yeah. scale, scope. Yeah, okay. Like right now, I feel like Switch AAA. is being associated. Yeah, AAA. I feel like tri- Switch is being associated as as like all small indie games, and it's like, and I'm not saying you said and that. I'm saying I've heard AAA that. Game, and yeah. one giant AAA game, but I feel like that giant AAA game 
keeps getting left out of the conversation in terms of, hey, a game of that scale and size yep. works really well on the system. The challenge is, is a third party going to invest the resources to make that happen mm-hmm. and say to, and commit to Nintendo being the place where they're going to try and make yep. that money? Yeah. And they haven't made that strong play yet, and they're still waiting for that big third party game. Um, I think it is coming. I think it's a matter of time. Whether or not it's year one is the question. And think of year one on every console, too. Yeah. Usually year one is not great. It's okay at yeah. best, right? And so far, I feel like we're satisfied with year one, and year one looks pretty good if it can continue at the momentum that it is, which is yeah. the big question mark. Well, year one is always interesting for consoles because consoles historically launch in November, right? Mm-hmm. So that means year one is Christmas, where all the launch games are out of the way, which is where we are now in, mm-hmm. in March, April, May with the Switch, and then six months until E3. Yeah, droughts. Very you're, different story with nothing, us here, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, no, E3 is in a month and a half. Yeah, yeah and like, we've got arms on on the way too, right? Like there are a couple of other games that are in the path here. What is most notable for me is like we we all we all got excited about Zelda and that's our that's our kind of game. But the big sellers are Mario Kart and Mario, right? Yeah. Like that's like on every console, the big sellers are Mario Kart and Mario. That's and true. Smash, Smash Brothers is up there before usually a lot of the Zelda games. Yeah. Like that may change because Breath of the Wild is so good. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't know. I mean, like I hope Mario doesn't get delayed and fall out of this year. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think it can because that's a very strong. That's like a second launch for Christmas. Right. You're putting the Switch out. Maybe it's going to be cheaper. I, I actually don't think so. I, I don't think they're so going to hold their price. It'll be cheaper. They have new controller color, colors that go out with Mario Christmas. Yeah. The only way really it's good. cheaper is if this summer it does not sell at all. If yeah. by the next financial meeting this quarter happens and just all the momentum dies out of this thing, I yeah. think that is the only warning sign where Nintendo says, okay, we have to drop this price yeah. or we have yeah. to bundle or we have to do something else. And granted, I still think this holiday you're going to see bundle. I think the fact that they were able to use Zelda as a not bundled title and get everyone to commit that way uh, was was a bold choice. But for the holiday, you are facing stiffer competition from your uh, from your competitors. I think yeah. E3 is really important this year too. Yeah. Because E3 Definitely. is obvi- it's a summer conference, right? Like they can if they announce the right titles that people care about, whether it's sequels to the existing franchises or some new stuff or some partnership stuff, right? Like continued rumblings with with rabbits and yeah, uh, Mario characters yeah. is going to happen, right? Like yeah. it's it's pretty trustworthy all that stuff so that will all of that i think will add up and tell a good story for summer you gotta keep that you gotta keep that honeymoon phase going right and that's where we all are right now with the switch and i think going from you know uh breath of the wild to cart to splatoon to arms to everything else um that'll be an awesome few months if they can keep that conversation going through e3 into the fall if third parties are watching what happened with the first few months of the system and seeing that people are really connecting with it and they can start deciding that they are making announcements at E3 or even this fall that they're going to start porting stuff over. I'm not stupid. I know it takes a little bit of time to port a game over to Switch, mm-hmm. especially of the magnitude of some of the AAA games that are coming out from third parties right now. The fact that these games are scaling up towards the PS4 Pro and now the Scorpio, I mean, you can't really take the vision of something like Battlefront 2 and shrink it down to this system. Oh, yeah. But Zelda works there. So you can take this incredible, huge, deep, 100-hour RPG action game and put it there. So if if companies can figure out a way to you know translate their vision to this thing or even do uh, Bethesda where you bring a Skyrim over or you bring a mm-hmm. Fallout over eventually hopefully um, I think you're going to see some su- su- uh, success here but yeah. it's all about that momentum right like we don't want to get in that Wii U era where it's one game every three or four months I want 
one big game, one or two big games a month, couple indie games every single week to hold me over, yeah. get that virtual console rolling out, like but get you all make of a that good working. Point. They need third parties to come out. And now that games are getting announced and now that more and more sort of veils are getting lifted on new software, you don't want to make it seem like, once again, this is the Nintendo-only system plus indies. And I don't think that is... Uh, a way you can succeed with this box. Mm-hmm. It didn't work the first time with Wii U, and it will not work this time. Year, if, if year one is still just weathering the storm and then year two is where the big third-party games start to show up, I think that's all right. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, that also shows that maybe you guys have to start getting better at getting third parties into your pool and access because we also don't know if just access to the device was part of the reason that some third parties were not right. able to pick up and start making games. Seems totally. like they all had so access secretive. because, like, yeah. I mean, think about it. Sega had it, definitely, right? They got Sonic Japanese and company. Keep going. Capcom had it. Japanese right? company. Like, Keep going. Square had it. <laughs> Japanese company. Yeah. Keep going. But Bethesda probably had it. Oh, oh, well, it. You would hope, although the Skyrim... Yeah, had it and went, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then put it down. Um, oh, FIFA, that's right. So, right, so quick, real quick counterpoint yeah, yeah. to all that. One of the things I'm finding with my Switch habits uh, is that I'm playing less and less mobile games, and I'm not touching my 3DS at all. Mm. So uh, whereas it's not directly competing with the games I'd play on my PS4 because um, I still feel like that's kind of a church and state, right? Mm-hmm. When I sit down, turn on my surround sound, play a big game in PS4, or PSVR, Xbox One, um, stuff I'm playing on Switch is competing with the smaller, weirder games I was playing on my phone because now I'm not touching my touchscreen anymore. No one's texting me during it. I have this pure, focused gaming device that I can bring anywhere. And I think Nintendo firing on all cylinders of not really having to, and we're still seeing tricklings of the 3DS games here and there, Mm -hmm. but I think bringing everything slowly over to Switch, focusing everything on one platform. I think if we start seeing third parties experiment with some of their older games or some new IPs or some smaller versions of current games that they're working on and putting them on Switch, we might see some cool success there. Uh, Instead of expecting Battlefront 2, maybe there's a ground-up type of Star Wars thing that I would have played on my phone that now I'll play on my Switch. That's what I want, and that's that's what I think they need, especially um, going into a holiday where Star Wars is going to be the biggest thing you talk about. Anyone's going to be talking about is Last Jedi. The minute December rolls around, the minute November rolls around, that's going to be the biggest thing. You need a Star Wars franchise title. And not That's just not, Lego Star Wars. And not just Lego Star Wars. Although that will satisfy the kid factor. It's not for people like It'll us. It'll happen for sure. Um, right. All right. Dude, I'll play the hell out of Lego Star Wars yeah. on my Switch. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see, right? And then the other thing, and I think one of you said this earlier, and I apologize if I'm not attributing this right. If third parties just say, okay, we have uh, Final Fantasy 15, and that's a success, and we think we can make this work on Switch, but we have to change the art style, or we mm-hmm. have to change the look of it. We have to sort of massage this, but not make it seem like this is a cheap crappy port of a game right that's where we're going to see if that strategy can work or not you don't want a dead rising chop till you drop yeah yeah more like choppy frame rate till you you drop the controller and walk away you don't Uh, want that Really quick, uh, well, we don't know shooters based on Dead Space and stuff. Yeah, that was a cool game. That it was a cool bad. game, but it wasn't the right. It wasn't the same. It wasn't, as Dead it wasn't Space. the same as, as it was Dead a roller Space, coaster, yeah. right? It's like playing a VR game where you just sit and then you're shooting yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, we don't know how One Two Switch did at all. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no disclosure wasn't on that. Thirteenth on NPD last month. Uh, it it was thirteenth on NPD though last month. But then yeah. again, I mean March is as a big month for anything. Like probably my. But it's probably my most regretted purchase in, in Nintendo really? launch game history. Yeah. yeah. But I, it shows. I really wanted to connect with that game. I could not. It's, it's, it's fussy. It's not as turnkey as it should be. Like, mm-hmm. I, 
I tried playing it with non-gamer friends, and they just lost interest. I'm like, hold on a second, hold on, yeah, and yeah, you know, by the time you got it working, like uh, it's it wasn't in- intuitive enough. Uh, it shows though that the audience that went nuts over Wii has moved. Not the same as the Switch audience because no. that is more of a mainstreamy title, like yep. Wii Sports. Well, we kept better. saying like we need a Wii Sports for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the what is what is that launch game for this thing? Well, we talked about how this wasn't it. Like yeah. we knew that we mm-hmm. went into this going this this isn't the Wii Sports thing, but it can be a thing. Thing and it turns mm-hmm. out, but just put Wii not. Sports on this thing. You did that on Wii U, and it didn't really move anything. I think I think you wait, but uh, we can get into that and maybe later. Uh, I just want to get through 3DS numbers. So uh, they sold 7.27 million units there. A lifetime 3DS has surpassed 66 million units. That's cool. Pokemon Sun and Moon 15.44 million units sold, right on the heels of X and Y, which is 16. It is absolutely not, dude. The top three games on 3D, uh, the top four games on 3DS, three of them are Pokemon games. (laughs) The only one that's not a Pokemon game and there's Mario Kart uh, 7 yeah. I think yeah. uh, which is nuts uh, Super Mario Maker 3DS sold better than we thought it would 2.34 uh, million units um, no idea if the Mario phone game bump actually exists slash works not going to say uh, whether or not that influenced that well, there's but not I'm that surprised. much software on the 3DS like I feel like any kind of major yeah. Nintendo mm-hmm. release will sell yeah, and then even though it was the lesser of the versions Kirby Planet Robobot uh, sold uh, 1.36 million units that, that's bop, 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 bop. really big yeah, yeah, I mean for a Kirby game it didn't kill the console like either write that yeah. down no it didn't <laughs> kill the, not yet no it was one more so, Kirby game they got to roll out I got, I got to read this because this is my favorite moment of the entire uh, right. financial results numbers so there was a one sentence mention of the NES Classic. One sentence. Was it we couldn't find it either? <laughs> it should have been. Mm-hmm. The Nintendo Entertainment System colon NES Classic Edition also launched in Japan and overseas to n- in, n- in November Excuse me, to widespread popularity. And that's it. And they changed topics to Amiibo. That was it. Widespread popularity, no lifetime sales, no mention on if they uh, regret or are happy or are <laughs> thrilled or anything. Just this released widespread popularity and Amiibo sold 9.1 million units of figure type 9.3 but and it was like that's it goodbye see you soon I'm just oh, I'm sad man. we've yeah. we've already had our grievances on that this story has not been told yet what happened with the NES classic there is a story there that could have been the the hot Christmas toy not even like a game console competitor like that could have been a hot Christmas toy and they didn't. They either didn't predict the market, or there was something else, and they didn't want it to be. Or that it had guy. to be all switch know, look, all the you time. You can always say like, "Well, they meant it as a limited." Like, no company goes, "We could make a lot of money, but let's not do that." Right? Like, no company <laughs> ever says that. Like, the limited Nintendo releasing that. is that's boy. their whole mo. They oh, but they that. didn't. They said, "Oh no, we never intended." Which I think is them using an excuse. I think you're right. But I at, would love to know what happened. At the same time, um, these rumblings of a Super Nintendo Classic have now kicked up, right? And it's the big. question question of whether or not that's true and whether or not people who wanted the first one are so upset they don't want to go back which i don't think is true but we'll see i mean we kept saying that about amiibo yet amiibo kept selling but the bigger story i think is that if you are doing this again if you are doing an snes classic be upfront about how limited it's going to be stern glance at the camera all of us wrong camera there we go sean be upfront about how limited it's going to be and make sure you, 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 you up production. But we've talked about this too. Would anyone have expected this device to do well? I don't think 
it didn't for Sega, it didn't for Atari. Why the heck did Nintendo think would have thought that? But then because the reaction should have been the sea change. Because people have better memories of Super Mario Brothers City than they do Echo the Dolphin and Altered Beast. Don't start that fight, man. Yeah, people, those are bad the games. Fans are Bring kick it. The door no down. Like the fight's over, man. Like uh, you can't argue against you that. Can't. I'm not going to. Uh, like I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, I was here. No one actually liked Echo. I like. The concept of you it. didn't like Altered Beast. No one likes no, Altered Beast. Like. No, you remember no that you did, like but you Altered didn't Beast. like Altered Beast. Like if, like if you, you listen to the show and you bought Altered Beast on 3DS, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, on mobile, uh, just I'm not going to go into numbers there, but an interesting quote was that Mario run iOS and Android together have almost reached 150 million downloads. Fire Emblem has a tenth of that. Yeah, generates more revenue. Um, and As Nintendo's absolutely. Re- report itself just brought up, hey, we tried these different models and we tested the market and that was pretty much how they tried to spin this. They, basically, they said, we tried these two models, one which... Apple advised us strongly against and everyone who knows the mobile business and we did it anyway for our biggest Uh, game mm -hmm. and the other one which everybody's making lots of money on guess what that's the one that's making lots of money I paid for it I have no regrets but I completely understand the mobile Mario Run Mario Run I adored that game it's not about the game being bad it's like it's it's the audience model that model doesn't work on mobile like Nintendo just had to see it for themselves because they've been making games for longer than anyone has made games on mobile and they just needed to experience I absolutely adore that game. I put 20 hours into it. Uh, it updated the other day, and they put in this new 8-bit Bowser icon thing for the Toad area. There's like a whole bunch of new stuff. And I went to look at it, and they were like, collect 40,000 Toads. And I literally pulled my finger up in the air and gave my middle finger to my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I love that game. Also, the news that uh, Nintendo technology fellow Genya Takeda is retiring at 68 in June, by the way. Our yeah. story messed up, said he retired. It's not true. Yeah. He's retired. Retiring this June after the next uh, investors meeting, and uh, he's been with the company for 45 years. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, although very typical in Japan, right? You you stay with the same company in a lot of cases uh, until you retire. Um, well, the the older generation, for sure. I mean, sh- the, everything's changing, right? Everywhere mm-hmm. in the world, but yeah. And he was, I mean, he was just kind of a yes, yeah, past space worlds, but not like he was always. A guy in the room and never the focus oh, of any okay. of our, you know, of our interviews. So just well dressed yeah. suit, hanging out. Yeah, yeah. you know, one never talk to him. One of the creative guys, just not not in detail. No. Okay, so uh, just some background on this man, and this is light. We'll maybe go into a little bit more about him or the things he worked on in another show. Uh, responsible for the design of the Nintendo 64 analog stick, Wii hardware design, some mm-hmm. classic games like Punch-Out are part of this man's resume. That's awesome. Yeah, um, and he's going to be replaced uh, by one of his colleagues, Ko Shioda, who is uh, going to take his place on the board, basically. Currently, that guy is the platform technology, head of the platform technology development. Wii hardware design is still, to this day, one of the most gorgeous pieces of hardware I've ever seen. Agree. Looks the great Wii on the is so, like, yeah, the Wii U is just such an odd step. I know. After the it Wii, like which is... It, like the way it's it like it's slanted and like the the way it stands up and it's yeah, such a, a cool I love machine. that little stand it's so cool. Yeah. So uh Nintendo has forecast that they're going to ship 10 million units of Switch hardware in Ooh. fiscal 2017-2018. That's for the fiscal year. Reminder, next that's the next 12 months yep. starting this April. Um that seems low to me. And I want to talk about why. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about why. Why does that seem low to me? Okay. 
Well, why does that seem low in general? Am I am I wrong? I think that they're lowballing this number. I think so too. I think they're yeah. being cautiously optimistic because it'll help them look at their investors in a year and be like, "We did it." Mm-hmm. You know, if this thing sold this much already without having many on the shelf, I think we can easily do twelve million, thirteen. It makes you wonder too if there's just lack of confidence in the supply chain. That, that's what that. I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I I think the only reason why they would state it like that. I mean, the two reasons are they have. With the Wii U, they have constantly had to take down their number, and that doesn't feel good, doesn't put anybody, like, it doesn't create confidence uh, with the investors, but it also hurts third-party relations. Like, as, you know, the heads of companies like EA or Square will look at that and say, man, they're taking down their number, which means fewer machines. Why should I not cancel some of the projects I'm working on, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think they just, they want to beat the number, and they want to have good news out there and say, we did it. The second thing is lack of confidence in being able to make enough machines or getting the right amount of machines to the different territories because unlike some of the other consoles and that's why launch system launch figures are always apples and oranges right some launched in japan earlier in the u.s later mm-hmm. uh, or vice versa it's like they need they're servicing all the territories at once so they've tried this strategy before in the wii u era and it's not a guaranteed win scenario because i don't recall the exact figure but i remember one of the forecasts was like Wii U will sell three million, like three and a half million mm-hmm. over the course of the next year. And we sat here going, they're lowballing because <laughs> they've set the number so low that when the next festival comes around, they could say we hit that or we su- we exceeded. Fun fact, that year they just got there. Yeah. I think they were right underneath the target. They knew they but, had no games. But no one made a huge yeah. deal out of it. Right. It was just basically, oh, well, whatever. Um, they, they were just short didn't hurt them. But I, I, I do agree with that. I just feel that it is strange to see that considering the excitement for the machine, considering how much they've sort of spelled out for people for year one and how much excitement that's generated. Right. But yeah. that said, do we know much about profit margins on this thing? Like what are they're selling it for two ninety nine? What are they making off of each thing? Oh, they're making money per oh, isn't it? We money. just don't know how much. We don't know how much, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'd be interested in knowing that because they're Nintendo has never really sold at a loss. Nope. But um, something tells me that the profit margins are slightly slimmer on this thing than, than some of the systems we've seen in the past. There's just a lot going on here. Uh, so I'd be interested to know that, and I wonder if that's part of the lowballing procedure for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not making, if they're making forty, fifty bucks off of each unit, you know, then maybe lowball. I think in the time in the in the past, they probably made more than that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal report earlier this year, uh, just a couple weeks ago, that was talking about Nintendo ramping up production from eight million units for the fiscal year to 16 Mm. but again these were just rumors and people talking like this was not like a confirmed thing nintendo ever said you need to make more than 10 million units in order to sell 10 million right right. like you you need to have supply on store shelves in different places because you know if the thing is a hit in the u.s but not that hot in europe you you know you got to make sure that the machines are sitting there for people to buy which Um, tends to happen you know and anecdotally we're even seeing in in japan it's impossible to buy this thing you know like there's still big it's a big news i see tweets when someone's like this one store has got two units like rush down Get there em. yeah that's yeah. great what i thought was interesting the uh they're expecting to sell six million i was gonna bring that up next yes right yeah, yeah. um so they're, they're keeping it around they're keeping it around but they're not that doesn't say to me hey we have a new smaller 3ds or something exciting 
coming to the market where people who already own a 3DS would double dip and buy a new one. Like I think the six million is yeah. lower than the last year. They may have not a, may not have a Pokemon well, game. And with all that, that right? you just you just do some new color changes, right? And you, well, you try out the whole line. The thing is, like the 2DS launch is sort of their like low end, like a low barrier entry for point. entry entry point system, right? Um, I think eventually, you why are you swinging that at me? <laughs> eventually, you get to the point, like possibly this holiday, uh, where they can say, like, hey, if you want to play a bunch of Nintendo games on the cheap, our 3DS is now as cheap as the 2DS used to be. There's a brand new color for it. You know, they're, we're, bundle. They're, they're pushing there, right? You see Nintendo Selects constantly get touted, and that's the $20 label for any Nintendo uh, 3DS game, which is yep. a, a good choice. There's also the question of, do you make it cheaper? Do you finally commit and say, all right, 99 bucks for the regular 3DS, which they experimented with. There was that, uh, there was that Black Friday bundle. Yeah. The poor, poor Alexio on our, on our video tech team wanted so badly. And you know what Alexio got? Nothing. Because. Which one? Uh, he wanted the black uh, new 3DS. Oh, that was yeah. 99 bucks for yep. like a day or a weekend or he whatever it was. The Galaxy one. It was gone. Yeah. yeah. But, like, but like to me, the, the 3DS story in the next year has to be one of differentiation, right? Like there's the, hey, it's cheap and therefore you want it if you can't afford the $300 machine. But like the 3DS XL is not that much smaller. And so no. when I make a decision what game, what console to bring with me on the go, it's not it's not like oh i'm gonna take the 3ds because it'll fit in my pocket like i don't run into that maybe yeah. some people do and so that's where i feel like y you almost need a new device you almost well, need your the, switch doesn't you need the tiny now is the time play for the, pokemon yeah, but now is the time might, for gba micro for like a small machine so that you is think cheaper, a new a not new, more expensive a new smaller 3ds yeah. model to just say okay this is it mm. this is our last year of production yep. we're gonna push this out Interesting. Um, Might be a March one thing, thing with your example, though, year, is that you may not be the target consumer, though, anymore, especially no, just given that, you know, like all of us on this show are not. We have yeah. upgraded to Switch. We only want to play games on Switch. No looking back. It feels like what? Box Boy it felt like original. No, it feels like I love I love it, but it feels like watching a movie on uh, DVD now. Yeah, okay. you know? Kids, yeah. But that's the thing, right? Like the younger audience does not want the big iPhone either. Mm -hmm. They want they want the smaller models usually. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I feel like. If, especially if you're going after kids, go smaller. Yeah. They're not the ones who are crowing about fidelity, saying, oh, this screen is too tiny. Like, right. They are fine with small screens. My daughter has an iPad Pro and a phone. She watches all her freaking shows on the iPhone. Yeah. Right? And that thing's sitting there. I mean, she draws on it. Let's see. My not, only, my only counter to that. your argument, which I think is good, yeah. is just that it can distract from 3DS. Anything new, new, new anything Nintendo... Oh, I'm can saying you replace it. Sorry, I'm saying you replace it. No, but but I'm talking about Switch. Like, oh, Switch. Do you, I see. Does that distract from Switch? Yes, I think would. it does. Yes, it would. But it also will. Like now, you have two models on the market that are very similar in size. The the Switch is bigger than the XL. Yep. Like, don't you want to differentiate by saying, you know what, the 3DS is a very, is a very different device. It's yay big. Yep. You know. Cheap carts. Yeah, I mean, I maybe we'll see. We'll see. I think it's, I think they have to be careful with. Um, cannibalizing the sales of the switch because i think for the first time ever we've never really had this before where they i mean i guess they have in the era of like the gba and the ds around the, same work. Platform, right? going, yeah. the ds and out. the 3ds yeah. but it's, failed. it's tough to support both those things at the same time mm -hmm. so um i think now more than ever i mean you have this high-end handheld uh and then you have a, a handheld that you've been kicking around for a few years you have to be careful there i think you yeah. don't want to energize the old brand too much i think you can slowly phase it out with some make price it cheap. straps you don't yeah i think you make it cheap make it cheap 
cheap. Bundle it with some games. Reach um, a different audience. And then put some damn Pokemon on Switch if you really want to. You want to get that number to 15. Oh, 2018. Yeah. That's got to be 2018, yeah. baby. Big E3 announcement. Buckle up for, for 2018. Uh, so, all right. Just one question on the question block because we are over time, and this is a good one. Uh, Clyde Kohler writes in says, I'd love to see how you would rank the Mario Kart series Ooh. of games. Uh, he'd love an article on the site as well about that. And uh, do that. Just, yeah. Which, uh, as, as well as what you miss of a former game. No, we're not going to do the second part of the question. Just let's rank the Mario Kart series. This is from Clyde Kohler. Thank you for writing in, Clyde. This is a very tough number one for one. me. What is number one? Oh, man, this is tough for me personally because I want to say Mario Kart 64 because I had the most fun with it at the time. Yeah. But I think MK8 is probably like technically um, just character-wise. I thought I was going to be alone on that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard to not say that that's like just the best package of all Mario Kart, right? Yeah. I can tell you what the worst one is. Which one? Super Mario uh, Kart Advance. Oh, so Super Circuit. Super Circuit. Super Circuit. Yeah. Is, is not a fan. No, not a fan. And I think because the way the, the, the like, I think it controls the weakest. I think the level design is kind of the weakest. It was generous, the f- though. They gave you tons of carts that kind yeah, of race tracks yeah. on that one. Um, and, but it's also, it lacked the verticality of the level, uh, other levels. Everything is completely oh. flat, which yeah. you get a free pass on on Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Kart, the original. Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, let's see. No, so for me, it's 8 Deluxe, I think, is mm-hmm. now the best package with the battle mode, brought back in style that to me is the strongest game i too i have the fondest memories of 64 and the super nes game yeah. super nes of course two player uh, versus only and and co-op uh, i love so, playing that with my friend yep. top one would be eight deluxe then i would do i would say seven is number two really just, 3DS. I think, yeah i think uh, yeah, that's I love a that game. really good game more than ds even though snaking being what it was ds was great man snaking killed DS it for me man yeah, but snake is, the, the mario kart ds is amazing dude snaking was good. like I'm in I'm in second place and first place is playing Mario Kart 8. That's how far ahead they were. <laughs> yeah. Like Snaking was like you were couldn't even catch up. You could throw oh, 80 blue shells but, in a row at them. No, and then I I really liked 64 especially four player battle mode was really good. Yeah. Um I couldn't get into Double Dash. I know there are a lot of fans. I love the mechanics. I always thought it was slow. Yeah, Double Dash would be would be me. number 3 for me. Really. I liked Yeah, yeah, I really liked the I, I liked uh, Double Dash's multiplayer modes like playing Grand Prix stuff was cool playing two player. I think you should play could you play two it was the same flat, car. I hated it? battle yeah, mode in that It game. was totally yeah. botched. No one's talking about the Wii version. Mario That's because we all didn't like it. Yeah, like uh, yeah, that what happened not, there. Yeah. Um, Rubber Band AI in that game really killed it. For yeah, me. too many blue shells. Um, I mean. It, it, I mean, whatever we think of it, it was one of the best-selling entries in that series. I know. No, like I, none um, of those games. Like, with the they're all really too, good for, games for everyone. Right? Yeah, like, graphically, it's it's all good. We once really hard to look at. No, yeah, today, but at the time, it it, it was hard too because there was HD <laughs> consoles. But uh, it it. it it hit all the right notes. It's yeah. not a terrible game. I just think the rubber banding is out of control, mm. uh, especially from CPU players. Like I just, I didn't. And battle mode doesn't stand out in my mind on that game either. Yeah. But I wasn't really a fan, yeah. uh, like you guys were. So wait, what's number two? Is it Mario Kart 64 or Mario Kart DS? Choose now so we can move on. For you, oh, for, for I, I would say we have to agree on this. I would say two is 64. 64. Yeah, from a, just a nostalgia factor, I love that game the so battle much. Battle mode, man. Yeah. Battle mode was the yeah. best. No, you're Can right. I get double Lock dash four. at four if no. I give you DS at, at, at three? What about seven? Yeah. Seven. Oh, seven could be. I would put eight, seven at three. 64, seven, seven. DS, 
Double Dash. Double Dash. Get Double Dash in Dude, the Dude, if top we don't put four. Super Mario Kart in the top five, we're going to get hell forever. But I don't really care. Like, to me, <laughs> I don't. But it's also so good. It really is. Like, it's infinitely playable still. But it's, right. been, it's been improved upon uh, exponentially. No question. No, no question. question. Yeah. yeah, but it started it all. And Super it does Circuit's have it. dead last. Yeah. We'll give it that. Super Circuit, dead last. Super Circuit, dead last. Yeah. Well, does we come before then, Super Circuit? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll give it that. All right. Well, thank you so All much right. for watching, it's for tough. listening. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> uh, you want to know what it's like to make a list here at IGN? Like, like, that's a tiny Especially little... Under time constraints. Uh, I'm really sorry I put yeah. you guys on the spot that like harmless. that. Yeah. It, well, it's what we do here. And uh, if you like IGN, uh, you should... And you like Nintendo Wish Chat, you should check out our YouTube channel, NVC, uh, which you can find on YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, bear in mind, that's what that means. But you can look up NVC and we'll come up there too. You find us on iTunes or any podcast service you name that we're out there um and yeah thanks again for for listening to the show send feedback uh what's our email nvc at ign.com very complicated to remember i know i forgot nvc at ign.com that's spelled egan i just tried to get him to talk once and this is what i got oh you were there you were i didn't know this was like a little bone i got uh-huh all right enjoy enjoy that steak so thank you for watching and listening to nintendo voice chat we're a weekly show on ign and you can find us on twitter you can find brian altano at agent bizzle you can find pear schneider at pear ign and you can find myself jose underscore otero thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.